Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back everybody. Thank you so much for joining us once again as we dive further into the world of games. This week we are going to be discussing games we're playing again. It's at update time. There's a bunch of games out there that have caught our eye old and new and we want to talk about them with you. Hey, that kind of rhymed. <laughs> Look at that. Wow. Oh, I'm getting fancy with it. Now, this is just a fun time to kind of catch up and check in with each other and see what games we're playing. I mean, we have a pretty good idea, but let's share it with you guys, the audience, because some of them might surprise you. I mean, my list is weird and very much all over the place <laughs> looking <laughs> at it now. And there's some titles that I really want to check out as far as newer ones, but have not been there just yet. But why don't we just kick things off right away? I mean, one of the simpler little games, I'm playing a couple smaller games like iOS style ones. Uh, hmm. And, you know, one of them that I'm actually enjoying a lot is uh, Be Carbonize. Or, Ooh. I, I, but it's one word, so I don't really know how to say it properly. It's Be Carbonize. Be, be, <laughs> be, be Carbonize. But <laughs> so, <laughs> for people who don't know what this is, it's a like card game management strategy game like if, think about um like cultist simulator or Stacklands, that style of gameplay right there uh where mm. you have a bunch of cards on the field uh there there's a timer that you know gets you different resources and then you spend resources on different things now the twist with this one is that you it's a environmental card strategy game so you're trying to save the environment uh, and but the entire time you're being like bombarded with these global disasters, like one of them is called literally the tipping point uh, where the world has warmed th by three degrees Celsius. Large swaths of land are turning into deserts and new areas are too hot and damp for humans to survive are forming. Uh, humanity is forced to move up north, causing unprecedented migration and death as there's not enough resources so basically you have to spend resources to remove these negative effect cards uh, if you leave them on the board for too long then they start spawning other negative effects uh and what's nice about this one so like games like cult of the or cult is similar not cult of lamb as uh, it's, it's too many cult games uh, <laughs> games like cult of simulator it's very much like you kind of have to just keep playing it and experimenting to find the right path or to find an end game at all, right? And for some players, that could be a little bit of a daunting task. But what's nice about Bicarbonize is the cards that actually lead to an end game scenario will have stars next to them. And it lets you know, like, hey, like these cards actually lead to an end game, or they're necessary for beating this game. So you want to start to like, prioritize those ones so and you don't feel like you're wasting too many resources and cards that aren't really leading anywhere so it's it's a pretty fun little title you know like there's four different categories of uh resources or um the things that you can check out uh it's industry ecosystems people and science uh and then you just do research in each one like with uh eco or industry itself 
Uh, you can start getting new forms of energy. Uh, some produce a lot more pollution, but produce more energy faster. So then you have to try and offset them with better ecosystems or better science to handle those uh, in those fumes that are being released. Uh, and the science area will actually have like cleanup added to them so you can remove some of the pollution or emissions that you are producing. So it's it's kind of fun. I, I like this one a lot. It's just like a nice little, it, it feels less stressful than Cultist Simulator. And of course it has like a pause button, a speed up button and all that stuff so that you don't feel like you're getting overwhelmed because there can be a lot of cards if you start playing for quite a while, right? Uh, you can have up to like, at one point I think I had like 50 cards on the field and I'm just sitting there like trying to figure things out. But luckily with the pause function, you don't feel like you're freaking out too much, right? But it's it's a fun little game. I, I like these a lot, uh, and I definitely feel like I'm getting into them a lot more. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's a good little one. I would definitely recommend this to people. And it's free on iOS or on Steam if you just want to play it on PC. So you have those options. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised it's free, because I'm like, this seems like it has a lot in it. Like, There's it a lot is... more work to it than it's than I expected. Is there cards you buy? Is that, are there microtransactions? Or? Not that I've run into, no. Wow. Yeah. And this one just came out on August 1st. So it's a very it's a new game, and it's free, which is crazy. It's interesting when you look at uh, Charles Games. That's the developer for it. Uh, you look at their other games, and it's kind of interesting what they make. Um, it's... Basically, like it seems like a lot about like historic World War Two, where they actually interview like people from like like one of them is like the Czech German border and stuff. Like it's very like realistic like war story where they actually interview these people. It, it it's kind of interesting going from those like they made it looks like three of them mm -hmm. to this interesting yeah. and that it's free, which is crazy yeah i mean like their games aren't crazy expensive games the other three right now like you can get on sale for you know all of them for less than what like 10 bucks 12 bucks yeah you know so it's it's not too bad but yeah I'm, I'm pretty surprised with this one they must be getting some sort of deals or some grant to make this because it has to do with environmental science like i know that there's that's an interesting area in which people are not um like targeting as much or maybe like indie developers are starting to get into but for any project that you're working on, you can actually start applying for like educational grants and things like that. And if you can strike up a decent enough argument, you can get free funding from the government to actually make your your games, your artwork, your music, whatever it may be, whatever project you're trying to fund. So this one almost feels like it's right up that studio's alley, right? Where it's just, here you go, like, it, either it's a historical game or this one's dealing with the environment directly and cause and effect and all that stuff. Like, it, it makes sense if that's the avenue that they went down. Do they? I don't know. But that's kind of what I imagine. And then that's why they're able to make it free. Hmm. It's a fun little hack there, a little trick that people don't know about. Whatever helps, you know. Yeah, seriously. Uh, for me, I, so I beat a few little small games recently, uh, little indie titles, uh, I'll knock them out of the path. Cause for the most part, I've been playing a lot of RPGs, but for the indie titles, one that I played that 
was on our radar I, a long time ago. I forgot. I think you had mentioned it first. And I'm trying to think, like, was it a Next Fest game or where we saw it? But uh, Derdone. Oh, yeah. And uh, so this game, you know, it takes place in France, you know, obviously with the name. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. It's watercolor, you know, like there's still like 3D models in it. But like the the watercolor like bends with the 3D models. And uh it it's a simple game, right? It's a little narrative adventure game and you're going around finding clues. Uh it's a cute game. It it has a, a touching little story to it, and it's short and sweet and it's on Game Pass. And you know, it's it's I liked it. It it didn't blow me away, but I really like the art style. It I don't want to call it a cozy game because I feel like people love throwing that term around, but it it was relaxing just because the flow of the art and the flow of the music and the sounds, like the sounds of the water. And it's just like when you're sitting at this creek in the sun and you're like you can imagine yourself sitting there. It was nice. Yeah. I it was my like play before bed kind of game and it just it it worked really well i'll put it that way Mm -hmm. nice um it's one that definitely i mean yeah we've talked about this before in the past i mean it looks gorgeous so yeah i i'm a sucker for watercolor in games so if i see a game that has it i i'm all over it i mean any kind of like game that looks like a more of a an art style rather Mm -hmm. than just you know like 3d models and stuff i'm all over it right like old playstation one games like legend of mana or saga frontier 2 where it's like hand drawn hand painted kind of art like i love that stuff and uh i feel like you don't see it too often anymore um you kind of do now with the indie scene a little bit but it's really nice you know, this game had a good look to it, and I really, I really liked the style. Nice. Which, yeah, yeah it, it's hard to find games that look like this. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what I can tell, because I haven't played it yet, but it definitely seems like the the watercolor adds to that like childlike whimsy that's mm-hmm. there, and it's yeah, there's just something really gorgeous about it. I mean, you can tell that from the time that we looked at it. They've definitely updated the graphics <laughs> like it because I remember looking at this a long time ago and it almost seems like things are a little bit more 3D than they were. Right. Like it's. Yeah. I kind of thought that way, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think I remember this being like a picture book and only looking like that. But now looking at some of the trailers, it seems a little bit more like gamey. Which is nice, though. It's a cool little polish, and it still looks good. It still looks like it, they go together. So, yeah, I I enjoyed it. Which you know, I played another game that eh, it's more of like a I hate to call it a visual novel, but I mean it's kind of like that. But uh, Venba, mm. and I remember seeing this game shown off like. At a few, it was like Summer Game Fest, and there was some other uh, showcase uh, had this game. And 
when I first saw it, I had no intention of playing it because I was like, it's cute, but I don't really know. But um, I I do a lot with the Microsoft Rewards points, and there's one thing where daily, if you get an achievement, you know, you get points, which you can save up and buy stuff, and that's what I like to do. I, I was able to buy an Elite controller doing that. So, I mean, for me, it worked. You know, like, I, I enjoy doing it. But it also kind of pushes me to play games, and this was dropped on Game Pass, and I was like, sure, why not? And it has a little cooking mini game in it. And basically, you play as a family that moves from India to Canada. And it follows their life adjusting to a Western society. And Mm. while I can't fully relate to it, I mean, my mom did immigrate over here. So there were some kind of issues that she faced, you know, not growing Mm -hmm. up with like an American... Uh, train of thought, basically. So playing this, I could, I, I felt like there were some things that are universal to an immigrant that comes over to, like, say, over here. And it, it didn't make me sad, but it made me like think, like, wow, like she probably did go through a lot, you know. And uh, yeah. this game made me think about that, even though it's like when you first look at this game, it doesn't seem like it's like deep, but it actually does get kind of like sentimental and there are sad parts in it, but it, it's a good story. And basically in between like your dialogue scenes and stuff like that, you have cooking sessions and basically you're working through this cookbook, right? From the old world. And well, I guess old world's not the right term, but um, from when she was growing up. Mm-hmm. And, oh my God, it made me hungry. Like, <laughs> all these dishes looked amazing. And some of them were ones I never heard of. You know, like, I heard of biryani. I've had it before. Like, I, I love Indian food with a passion. Uh, there were some things I never had, or I've had, but I never looked into how they're made. And it's fascinating how that stuff's made. Mm. And, you know, it's a short, sweet little game. I think it was, like, maybe an hour long, hour and a half. Like, it's it's short. But it gets the point across. I think that the game is a perfect length for the story it's telling. And the story, it does a really good job telling it, which I respect. You know, I, I feel like in this day and age, games either try to prolong it to appease people for spending money on their games Mm-hmm. or they're just too short but this was perfect i i actually really like this game a lot it surprised me and for anybody that you know wants something kind of you know very i don't want to say very indie but it's like very like if you like this style of game where it's you know more like dialogue and stuff like that like this is a really good game for that. I I actually really enjoyed it. I feel like this falls into like this new style of game or new ish, I guess that we're starting to see more of, of mm-hmm. like deceptive, deceptively deep games, right? Like, yeah. uh, like night in the woods. Mm-hmm. When you look at that game, it doesn't look like it's going to have like such a crazy story, but it really does. And it's a very impactful story and memorable one. 
So like I like the fact that they're using like almost a very inviting art style, something to kind of look at in it, it, it's almost like it's trying to remind the players that there are like beautiful things to look at, right? Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of good there and despite what's going on in the background. I don't know. It's it's almost like trying to look back at a memory that might have been tough and just focus in on the good things and make a game about that, which is really cool. I like that a lot. Seems fun. Yeah, it it was enjoyable, you know, and um for the last of the the short indie games that I played, uh, I played the Big Con. Uh, mm. I on I don't know where I really like thought of this game or picked it up. Uh, I think I just like the art style or the colors from the the thumbnail that I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was cool you know it it it's just it's chill well not chill but it's like it's got a vibe to it and i feel like if you look at it read the synopsis and you like that you'll like it uh i could i could see a lot of people being like eh, it's okay but it was cool i'll put it that way um, it was a good game to play in between some of the other games that were a little bit heavier, uh, that I played. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically you work at a video store with your mom and she runs into like a debt collector and stuff. So you're like, well, I'm going to go and make a bunch of money. And so basically you travel around stealing money, uh, from people and that mechanic was fun and further on you know it's you're traveling cross country so you're getting into these crazy like situations and it it was fun it reminded me a lot of like a mid 90s late 90s kind of vibe to it which Mm -hmm. was cool i was like that but yeah it was it was a good time you know i'm not out here saying like oh everyone should play it but it was uh it was a good little time waster well it has like the rugrats (laughs) <laughs> like art mm. or like uh what's it called the rugrats like font and like the the use of like, like 90s squiggles and splash screens right like it's they yeah. really found a way to like hit hard on that and it's kind of cool like or the fact that the people are kind of funky colors like in doug right like it's mm-hmm. definitely giving those kind of vibes, which is really cool. I mean, it is supposed to be set in 90s America from what it says in the synopsis. So it totally makes sense. But it, it looks it looks interesting. It looks like a nice little uh, short fun time. So, yeah. yeah, nice, nice. So I've been dipping into some older games and if OK, so the reason why I've been playing a lot or more older games or studying them or looking into them is for the game design classes that I lead. So mm. for because I technically we only have a month to make a game and really we only have four hours to do so because the sessions are only an hour long. So trying to remake like some grandiose giant new game doesn't really make any sense. So I was looking at a lot of older games that I play grew up playing like N64 era thinking about that time frame. And I like it's been a lot of fun looking back at those and just like dissecting mechanics and trying to figure out how to do them in a timely manner while still getting the kids like enough of an education, but they still get to play and have some fun. Right. So one of the games that I've been diving back into was uh, Star Fox on the N64. And oh, my gosh, it's such a fun title. I mean, there's 
definitely some like I'm gonna say it's kind of hard. To, like the controls are a little wonky. The aiming's a little off, right? The <laughs> the hitboxes are completely wrong, but it's still really fun to play through. I I forgot how much fun Star Fox actually was. And the and the fact that it's like voice acted and everything, right? Like I always thought that if I replayed Star Fox, it wouldn't hold up to how I remember it, but it, it definitely does. It's a it's a great little title, and the kids have actually had a lot of fun making this. Uh, like they know the game, but they don't. They've never played it, so it's been really cool for them to like explore. And this is the first time we've done a three D game with the class. So we've been doing 2D games in the past. So this is our first like dive into the third dimension. And the kids are really doing really well with it. Like, I mean, it, it's pretty funny. On the first week, we just got the plane flying, right? And it just goes left, right, up and down. But you're in a three-dimensional space and having the ship slightly rotate based on which direction you're going, right? So it always kind of points towards the center, just like Star Fox did. They did that for like 20 minutes. And they just wanted huh. to keep doing that and just like going back and forth and up and down and just flying around the screen. It's like, wow, like these kids are really into this. And then at the end, I was like, well, that's pretty fun. But wouldn't it be really fun to like shoot lasers? And all of them are like, oh, my God, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, OK, mm. but we're going to have to code that. You're going to learn some good stuff. They're like, let's do it. It's going to be so much fun. I'm like, man, they're actually excited to code. Like they want to do it so that they can get to the reward of playing this thing and showing it off to their parents and everything. It's It's been a lot of fun at just like kind of reliving that and then being able to share it with the kids again. And a lot of the parents who are kind of around my age right now too, which is always weird thinking that I'm working with their kids and we're the same age, but mm. <laughs> like they're being able to reminisce on games that they grew up playing as well. So it's it's a cool like nostalgia moment of like bringing two different generations together. And so it, it's just been a, a lot of fun trying to figure it out. It, yeah, I'm loving it. I need more games now. I, I'm like, what, would, what should I do next month? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Are you trying to keep it in that N64 style or are you just kind of jumping around? I might stick to N64. The mechanics are very simple on the N64. And as far as like turnaround and making graphics and stuff like that for the kids, I think that's probably the easiest. <laughs> just polygons imagine if you can make like a kart racer uh that was thinking about that i was thinking about remaking like mario 64 or mario kart 64 that'd be cool maybe that'll be the next dive i'll figure that out i do want to figure out like local multiplayer too that'd be a lot of fun oh hell yeah show them what a land party actually is I'm trying to think of like more unique N64 titles that would be fun to to remake that aren't all the same. Maybe like yeah. Blast Core is one where you blow up stuff around you. I mean, that'd be fun. I I want to remake the Tron Cycle game. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. There's just so many. There's so much possibilities. It's wonderful. But that's that a fun game. era in games. Yeah. So, a game that I was very excited about, uh, I remember, I think it was one of the next fests, I saw it, I missed out on playing the demo, but it looked really cool. When it came out, I kind of, 
I forgot about it, but then I kept hearing people praising it in a way that it's like, wow, this is crazy. Like you need to play it in order to actually see how crazy it works. Mm-hmm. Without looking up like anything what they said with the story, uh, the game's viewfinder. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was very excited to play this game because I really like that idea, right? You put a picture down, it puts it in the landscape. And it does that very well. Like, it, it's almost kind of insane how well that works. Like, it, there's ways it'll, like, like, sometimes, like, throughout stages, you pick up, like, pictures um, that you didn't take that are more like paintings. And when you put them down, like, you can go in those paintings. And there's, like, one or two that are, like, really big like worlds and i'm just sitting there like how did this work like how did they do this it it was crazy right like this mechanic was so fascinating and i kept telling myself like wow this is like i haven't experienced such a magical puzzle game since like i don't want to say portal because there's been really good puzzle games but i wasn't this wowed since then and the game has a good mechanic the only issue i have with this game is that i mean the story is kind of it's kind of whatever i i like the idea behind it it you know it's about climate change and stuff and trying to save the environment but i i could have just done without a story or you know could have gone like all into it but other than that I guess I wanted more from it in the sense that more like different mechanics, right? Like basically once you learn how to put the picture down, kind of make it work, use the stationary cameras and stuff, like you kind of get a general idea of how the game goes. And, Mm. you know, without saying spoilers, it, you know, the ending, not ending, but like, you know, the stages while they do get a little trickier, it you don't really get anything new to solve the puzzles. And some of the puzzles, it's like, oh, if I just keep flipping this image around, I can get around it. And while it's cool, I guess I was just kind of hoping for more, like, genius, like, level craft. Because that photo thing is just so damn cool. Mm-hmm. But... I kind of get it because, you know, it is so cool that it's like, well, you don't really need to do anything else crazy on top of it. And I mean, it's already kind of crazy seeing this work the way it does. But mm-hmm. it's it's fascinating. You know, I, I wouldn't tell someone to go out and buy it just to experience placing those pictures down because, I mean, it's kind of crazy because I think it's like 20 bucks. But if you have the chance to play it, like it, it's interesting. It, it's such a cool idea, and experiencing that was fascinating. And I enjoy my time with it. It's actually kind of short too, surprisingly. Like if you don't do like a lot of the optional puzzles, because mm-hmm. there are some like thrown in the stages. I think I beat it in like. Mm, five hours mm-hmm. like it for a puzzle game it 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 felt like on track 
for what they usually do, but it also just kind of felt short. Like I was burning through these puzzles pretty quickly, which surprised me. Mm. You know, I was some of the early ones, they, they throw things at you where it's like, uh Oh, I'm a little worried like where this might go. But like the first three, like we'll call them like planets, but mm-hmm. you know, they're just like a hub for all the other little stages were pretty easy. And then, like, the fourth one is when it starts getting a little difficult because they introduce this thing where when you, like, you can't place your picture on those kind of walls, per mm-hmm. se. Like, it basically, like, you could, but it won't show up. Got so, it. that mechanic was actually really fun because it was, like, very different. But, yeah, like, it, it's a very, like, interesting game and i love puzzle games i don't talk about them enough because i always i always look at them as more like a oh this is a fun little thing i'm gonna play for like an hour to get my brain going Mm -hmm. before i jump into something else but you know i really i enjoyed this game uh i thought it was really good and for like a puzzle game you know a modern puzzle it's good like i liked it i just i guess i wanted some things different about it but mm. what's there is fun and the just messing around with placing pictures it it's mind-boggling like how much freedom do you have with this game because i i'm fascinated you can put a it. picture down amazing. everywhere really and you can have it cover like everything even That's like the so stage bizarre. like for it to work so well just by placing it anywhere it's kind of crazy you know, like you can make it connect to the the stage, or you can make it so it's like underneath you. Like it, it gets very creative in mm-hmm. some of the stages, which I loved. And yeah, it is weird because it's like, oh, I need to, you know, it's easy at first where it's like, oh, you need two batteries for this pad. Well, take a picture of one battery, place that picture down. Now you have two batteries. Easy. Mm-hmm. Right. Then there's another one where it's like oh, there's a battery in a jail, but there's no roof or there's no ceiling to it, right? So you take a picture of it, flip the photo, place it down, and that battery falls out. Hmm. You know, it, and you can, like like I said, you can place these pictures anywhere. You don't want to place it on the teleporter, obviously, or anything that powers that because then you can't leave the stage. But it has a rewind button that's very easy. You can fast forward to when you last placed the picture. So they make it easy enough for you if you make a mistake. But yeah, like I I did still really enjoy this game. Like I being able to place stuff anywhere is just it it's crazy. It it's still crazy to think about. I can't even think about those mechanics right now. Like it, it, a lot of it really makes no sense. Like it, to be able to take something completely flat and then just make an entire scene with physics and everything. It's so, that's so crazy. Yeah, there's, I don't spoil it for anybody, but there is one of those like paintings you find that like it is a little insane how expansive it gets mm. and i i'm like curious like how do they make this how they do this because it's like 
I, I don't think I've played anything like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I definitely do want to check this one out. The more I hear about it and the more I look at it, it's like, okay, wow, this is phenomenal. Just from a, a pure gameplay er, standpoint, right? it just, it, it's mind blowing that they were able to accomplish this. I, I don't know. Like, I can't think of another game that does something like that where it's completely get free reign to completely destroy the world, but it still makes sense. Right. And to go from a flat static image to a full 3d, world mm -hmm. like that's and it's crazy some other things that are crazy about it is that you know because it's a picture that you're taking later on you can add filters when you're in the hub worlds and they mm. take on that look so you could do an 8-bit look you could do like a you know black and white and it actually makes that when you place it the that stage that gets added takes on that look that's really cool. Yeah, That's it's really impressive. It for me, like if anyone out there likes puzzle games or fascinated by new things in a game that work really well, mm -hmm. I say this game it, like people should play it. You know, to me, like the games have done this kind of place a picture and something opens up. But it's usually like you need to place it on this exact spot. Whereas right, this yeah. game, it's just anywhere. It's crazy. Yeah, see, that's amazing to me. Yeah, because I, I feel like this has been done. But like you said, it's very specific spots because it's a lot of to think about, right? Like it, it's a lot of like just pure math and science that's going on in the background of like, wow. And the, you know people are going to completely like break this game, right? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to check it out. I definitely want to play this one. Well, another fun little game that I've been playing a lot of lately. Uh, it's it's an iOS game. Again, I, I just the phone games are getting pretty good now. I got to say they, they, they're, they've really upped the ante here. Uh, and it's one that I was a fan of whenever it first like the, the first one came out. But now we have uh, Ridiculous Fishing EX, right? So the number two. And it is so much fun. It's so addicting. It's the perfect little like time wasting game. And they've added some like really cool mechanics into it that I really enjoy. Like they have um, a like a challenge mode, a daily challenge mode where you can get like rare fish and all that stuff. It's, I think it's called pro mode. And uh, you, there's different types of fish. There's different kinds of abilities. There's like buffs and debuffs to your run. So like either like you go super fast or right like it changes things up a little bit right or like the fish go faster and it's a, but what's nice is that the pro fishing mode is a different like money pool so and there's different things that you can buy in that version of it too that kind of so it's it's rather interesting to to check it out but I mean of course it's more of ridiculous fishing like if you are if no one's ever heard of ridiculous fishing or checked it out it's a fishing game but it has a very different type of mechanic to it uh, where it's basically you have your lure and you're dropping it so it's falling at a steady rate and there's fish that are going back and forth on the screen and the point is to dodge the fish as much as possible to get as deep down as you possibly can. And then because whenever you hook a fish, 
you slowly start to go back to the surface, right? And then you can move the lure by moving your phone left or right. It's a tilt sensor one, so there's no controls on the screen. Uh, and you basically, every fish that you run into, you hook them and you try and get as many as you can on the way up. So that's why you want to make it down as far as possible. Now, in order to actually catch the fish, what's great is that you have to... Uh, while they, as soon as they hit the surface, the fish get thrown into the air like they've been hit by TNT. And then you take out your gun and you shoot the fish that are fl like flying through the sky. And you get money for each fish that you shoot that counts as a catch. And that's how you get new lures, new abilities, new equipment, all that good stuff. So there's a lot of really fun things you can add into it. And like for some of the areas, it, it is nice to add like, um, equipment that you can purchase that will bring you down to a certain level right so like what one of like uh, you can i think in the first area there's a like a bowling ball that you can buy and it'll bring you down like to 200 meters if you've gone to 200 meters without using the tool before in that area right and each area has their own like version of that which is really nice so you can kind of not have to do the same thing over and over again it speeds up gameplay enough uh, there's different kinds of guns you can get. I just got the mini gun, mini guns akimbo today. <laughs> so it's two mini guns, uh, and it's really fun to shoot those things. But they've added in that mechanic where, when you're shooting, that's whenever you're tapping the screen. Uh, for some of them, you just tap it like single shot guns and stuff like that. Uh, but for the mini guns, you just hold down and it just unloads the clip. Uh, but with the twin guns akimbo, you actually use both thumbs and each thumb controls a different minigun. So you can just kind of do a crazy spray all over the place. But it's it's really, really fun. I like this game a lot. Uh, the costumes you can get are goofy, but most of them have more than just aesthetics to them. So yeah, I, I definitely recommend this one if anyone has iOS or Apple Arcade. This is, you know, on there. It's just a it's a great little like time killer honestly. And the runs are quick, so you're not going to sit there forever. So it's, it's definitely worth it. I loved the original game back mm -hmm. in the day a lot. And I've been tempted. I, I don't have Apple Arcade anymore, but I this is the game that almost makes me want to just do a month to play it because I don't know. I had really good memories with it. I noticed the Apple Arcade is getting a better lineup of games. Oh, yeah. Uh, and same with Netflix. Like, I'm surprised those two have been getting, like, really decent games. But, yeah, it's uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, that that's one I want to play just because it, it used to be, like, my perfect, like, oh, um, I, I don't want to hear this person talk, so I'm going to look at my phone and play this kind of game. You know, like, it's... Right. It's the perfect, like, two-minute game when you need a little break. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious to see, like, all the changes, too, with the EX to see, you know? it's I, I would say it's, like, a perfect sequel. It's more of the same, but fun, right? Like, it, it, it's, it feels different enough to be a sequel, but it's all that great things that you remember about Ridiculous Fishing. So it's just, mm. yeah, it's it's just a good good little title there. There's a lot of different varieties of fish that you can catch too, which is really fun. Uh, there's all all kinds of stuff, man. Like 
And there's a chainsaw lure that I have that I really love. If you hold down on the screen when you're floating down, you go down faster, but it does use fuel. And every fish you run into, you cut them up with your chainsaw blades. <laughs> and so that acts as an automatic catch, which is really cool. So you get money on the way down. So you kind of have to like strategize fuel and everything while you're going. It's just, it's fun. There's a lot to balance out here and just to kind of play around with. So definitely recommend it. I really think that you should, at least for a month, try it out. See what you think. I mean, mm -hmm. might as well, right? I mean, it's just like, what, five bucks? And then you can play that and then some of the other Apple Arcade games that are there. So, yeah. So, this next segment, um, I've been playing a lot of RPGs. Um, almost all at once, which, is, you know, you, you never do that. But yeah, no. <laughs> I can't I can't help myself, right? I'm playing some classics, I'm playing some new stuff. And uh first of all, the one I finished uh was Wild Arms. Uh it's currently on the you know the PS4 or the the PlayStation, like the the classics roster. So I decided to play it through that. And I always wanted to play the first two wild arm games. I, I played the third one. I liked it at the time when it came out, but you know, for me, the image of seeing wild arms two behind a glass case at Walmart all the time, it, it reminds me of my childhood in a weird way. Cause I used to spend a lot of time playing those like, you know, demo kiosks where you, you break your neck looking up kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, Playing the original Wild Arms, like, yeah, it's dated, you know. Yeah, people say, like, oh, you should play, you know, the the remade version on the PS2 because it looks better. But this game was so comfy for me. It, a lot of times for work, I'll wake up early, uh, especially with the kid and stuff. I try to play games in the morning so I have time to myself. You know, I don't get distracted or nothing. Like, everyone's still sleeping. Mm -hmm. So I'll wake up early and I was just playing this game and it was like between the, you know, that old school music, you know, the old visuals, it's just, it brightened my day and I actually really like the game. You know, it's not like a super insane story. You know, you're saving the world, you know, you're saving the world from a God, you know, it's very like nineties typical story. Mm -hmm. and I liked it. You know, I, there were parts of it that were kind of difficult, but like, I think the blend of puzzle and RPG was just good. Like I, I really liked it and I really want to play the sequel because I've heard like people either really like it or people are like kind of indifferent about it, but I don't know. I, I like RPGs that have kind of a different setting and it's weird because it looks like a Western, mm -hmm. right? Kind of on the cover, but in the game, it, I never really had that feeling other than it just being like, you know, your character has a gun. Right. But cause I know in three it's full on Western, like that was pretty cool. Uh, even though they were kind of like clunky cell shading, it was still pretty fun to play through. Mm. Um, but you know, it was a good time. You know, it playing that 
I guess after finishing Final Fantasy 16, I I wanted an actual turn-based RPG mm-hmm. and went straight to Wild Arms, you know, and I was, it it was perfect. And it after finishing, I was like, oh man, I want to play more. And you know, there's a plethora of games, especially on the PlayStation, uh, in that style. And I'm just like, well, what do I pick? And it was between Wild Arms, Vagrant Story, and there was like one or two other ones. But I was like, you know what, Wild Arms is easy to install. Let's do it. You know, it was it was about 35 hours, maybe 40. Like it it was long, but it wasn't like as long as some other games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I liked it. You know, it definitely set up the mood for the game I'm currently playing now, which is surprising me in a lot of ways. Um, I know you talked about it in the past because uh, you beat it. Did you beat it this year or did you beat it last year? But uh, Octopath Traveler 2. Uh, this year, right? Because that just came out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It did come out this year. I keep yeah. forgetting. But uh, as someone that honestly didn't really like the first game and i beat it but i didn't like how it i felt like it never really went anywhere and i felt Mm -hmm. like almost all the characters didn't they weren't compelling I, i didn't feel a connection to really any of them and it just it was an interesting idea but in my opinion it didn't do it right and i ended up really not liking it Mm -hmm. this game is completely opposite i it still does the whole you know the eight pass and there's some connection you know they have their little connect quest where there's two together and the travel banter kind of like makes it so it feels like they're at least giving their opinion on the subject but the characters are so are much more interesting in this and I love it. Like I was a little worried playing this game. Like, even though you said good things about it, I was still like, I don't know. Like it, it it's going to be more of the same old. And in the beginning it kind of was cause there's like one or two characters in this that one, I don't really like their story and two, they're kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Right. So like the dancer story, it's, it's okay. It's definitely the weakest um, out of all of them. Yeah, like between that and sadly, the hunter is kind of boring to me too. Um, it's interesting, but it's kind of boring. Uh, but I'm also just don't really care for her character too much. She's because super I, OP, actually. That's kind of what I'm noticing. I feel like I'm getting like stronger monsters for her to get. Yeah, and she's getting better, but and you can catch the secret bosses too. Oh. Yeah. So keep that in mind because that becomes like insane later. Okay. That might actually be good to get for some of those bosses. Because I remember the secret bosses in the first game were just ridiculous. Yeah. Some of these are really insane. And the fact that you can capture those and use them Pokemon style is pretty fantastic. But if you pair her with like Warrior, her damage output is just like through the roof. So she's one of those that is just ridiculous with that. See, I need to make her a warrior. I have her right now as a as a thief mm. with it. 
because I was like, oh, it's kind of quick. You know, it has the another element daggers, but I might switch to warrior because right now I have Throne the Thief as a warrior and it's she's been dominating with that. Like uh, I did Inventor Thief. Uh, see, I, I'm so this is the character that really annoys me, but uh, Particio yeah. he is this merchant and, you know, no disrespect to you know that southern draw that he has but it's just so like off-putting in this world it's so separate it's so different than everybody else it kind of doesn't make any sense and even in that town right oh yeah he's the only one even his his own family doesn't talk like that (laughs) yeah and it's like he like it's just between that and the way he talks in general and I'm just like, oh god, like this is like kind of cringy, but like I like his story. Like I'm, I'm kind of stuck against this one boss. Like it keeps kicking my butt, but it's Don't the end of the chapter. The help. Yeah, I keep help forgetting me. to do that. See, I have him as an inventor as mm-hmm. a secondary, and he's been destroying people with that catapult. But it's a, uh, it's a good like opener move. But that's why I put mm-hmm. it on the thief because. You can do that first, and then she gets another turn right after that, right? Like, because her speed oh, is so quick, so you can be pretty fast with her. But then with, um, actually, I put, um, I had double merchants for a while there, and I was just, mm. bu- like, dumping BP into uh, my thief, because I had, at that point, I think I had, like, the best ability for her, where she can do, like, yeah. 60K in one hit, so you just Jesus. dump BP into her so she does that twice in a row because she can do it where it's uh, like there's a spell you give her where she acts twice, right? And mm-hmm. so you do that and just it, it's pretty, yeah, you can start melting people. It's kind of insane. But yeah, the hired help with full BP and then like the veterans, it does like 999 each hit. So Damn. it's pretty good. And I think it, what, it hits four times. So if you do that with two characters and then her like... You're going to go through some enemies pretty quickly, right? But, like, the later bosses have a lot of freaking health. So you need to start figuring out how you're going to do, like, 40k per hit. Otherwise, you're going to have a really hard time. Gotcha. That's smart. I I probably need to do a little bit more, like, min-maxing with some of those characters. Because I've been just kind of getting by, you know, I've that double experience that you can kind of, like, work up with the thief and all that really Mm -hmm. helps my team kind of catching up. Because... I was a little behind, but I'm, I think I'm halfway through the game, uh, on the PlayStation. It says I'm about 56% of the way through, but I have the ship. I'm like high level thirties for the main characters that I play a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, pretty much at finishing all the chapter threes or I'm getting close to finishing them. So I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm at, 40 something hours and you know to think i'm maybe only halfway it's like jesus but there's a lot of game yeah it i'm enjoying it though like i want to talk to the different npcs in town like i i think because i went into this with very low expectations i'm enjoying it a lot more Mm -hmm. but this is a really good game like it I feel like this has been a really good year for RPGs in general, but like I I'm loving it. You know, I'm trying to beat it before some of the big games come out mm-hmm. soon. Uh like 
I'm trying to finish it before Sea of Stars comes out, which comes out on the 28th. And I'm right. like, well, I'll finish it by then. Right. I still got like more than two weeks for that. Yeah. You got that. Uh, Cause I'm, I'm very excited for that game. Uh, and so I'm playing this and then, you know, I'm playing through Dragon Quest eight for the 3DS. Oh, nice. And I'm digging it. I, I played it back in the day on the PlayStation two and it, I liked it, but I didn't like it as much as seven, like seven for me. Like I could do a whole episode just talking about that game, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll save that for a different time. <laughs> but with eight, I think I got maybe halfway through it and just stopped. So I figured, you know what, with a three DS, it's easy. I can pick up and play and I'm really liking it this time. Like, it's enjoyable. You know, I can see why people say this is their favorite Dragon Quest game. But uh yeah, it between playing that and Octopath, it's nice because for some reason they feel so different mm-hmm. that I'm not confusing things and it kinda it just fills my time better jumping between those two. Uh Dragon Quest was actually or eight was actually the first time I ever played a Dragon Quest game. Oh. It was my first one. I love this game so much. And to the point where I actually beat Dragon Quest Eight on iOS. Did you know there's an iOS version? Oh, no, I did not. Yeah, but it's in uh, portrait mode, not landscape. So, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's What? It's weird. <laughs> it's very weird. But it was still fun. It still felt like the original game, right? Like, there's nothing too crazy about it. But yeah, it it's uh <laughs> it's very interesting to play it that way. I bet. Oh man. I hate anything in portrait mode. <laughs> it it was good though. It's I would love to replay this one again or at least revisit it. We should talk about this one some more. That'd be fun. Yeah. I I think some of these later Dragon Quest games are really worth talking about, you know. Seven, of course, for me. Eight, I'm really enjoying. Nine, I think, is kind of like that sleeper hit that was really cool, but kind of came and went, too. But, yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk about these games more. Yeah, I definitely... It's the franchise that I feel like I should be more versed in. And, like, I, I don't know why I, I, I just haven't dove into it or allowed myself to dive into it as much. It, I mean, they're long, and honestly, for the most part, they almost all feel the same. You know, that I think that's kind of the downfall of Dragon Quest games is that they always feel the same. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the battle menus always look the same. It's the same enemies. And it's, yeah. Same enemies. The stories are they're kind of similar in some ways, but. You know, it's for me, I've beaten, I've played one, two, three, didn't finish them. I beat four, five, six, seven, nine, and 11. 11, I didn't play, I didn't fully finish the post game, but I played enough of it. And I, Dragon Quest was like a, a favorite franchise of mine, you know, jumping between that and Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I don't want to say it's hard for me to really get into them just because they're so 
I hate to say it, but basic. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean it like it's no frills. Well, they haven't but updated with- the gameplay. Like, I mean, you look at the Final Fantasy franchise and how much it's changed from game to game mm-hmm. and everything. And then Dragon Quest is, like I said, more of the same, right? Like, there really is no major updates to this. It's it's the same stuff, the same names for spells, everything, right? Like, It's like a Honda Civic, you know? Yeah. You're, you're going to get something stable, something that is timeless, and it works. Yeah. And I think that's why I like these games, because I know what to expect. They're a safe bet, yeah. They're a safe bet. They're almost always good. Like, I can't really place a Dragon Quest that I didn't like. What about Builders? <laughs> oh, when we do the spinoff stuff, I mean, I actually kind of, I had a lot of fun with Builders too. Mm. Um, I wanted more out of those games. Like, I loved building into, like that main little hub world you get. Mm. I was having a lot of fun building like train tracks and all that kind of stuff. But uh, those games are fun. You know, I, I haven't gotten a chance to play in the Warriors games. Um, then there's the, the you know, like one. the Dynasty Warrior ones. Yeah. Uh, the only ones I really dived into that weren't the mainstream were the uh, the monsters, right? Like the Pokemon style games, mm, right? Um, I played a lot of those back in the day, but other than that, like I've always just kind of stuck with the main numbers, which I, from what I've seen of the other ones, I think I've I've been kind of smart with that because right. their spinoffs don't really seem that great in a weird way mm-hmm. i don't know yeah understandable i realize i've been talking this whole time and i haven't listened to anything else you've played <laughs> I, I just got one more on the list uh, honestly and it's one that it's i fell off of and i'm surprised i did because it's one of my favorite games in the world and, and going back to it revisiting and i don't know like it's one of those maybe it's because i just beat final fantasy 16 i i'm playing the final fantasy 7 remake again and Mm. like actually like trying to get through it and i'm pretty far now right like and it almost feels like i'm like i got to the point the other day where i kind of had to put it down because it felt like i was just playing it because i felt obligated to play it for some reason right and i was Mm. like i'm not letting myself really enjoy this like it is kind of weird right like the some of the story beats are different the combat i'm still trying to get used to I, i don't know if i'm a fan of it or not still after like 14 hours of playing this game <laughs> like I still don't know if I actually like the combat because I just feel yeah. like cloud just gets the shit kicked out of him the whole time right like yeah like I I don't remember using this many potions or anything in any other game and like Final Fantasy mm-hmm. 16 I didn't use like any any potions <laughs> I like barely did right like even in the final fights I felt fine right like I never felt like I was in that much trouble with them and mm-hmm. like after playing Tifa more, like I feel like in a lot of combat, especially in boss fights, I'm switching to Tifa like almost instantly. Oh yeah, because the mobility is there. Like I, I like, I like the fact that you have that control. You can bounce back and forth between other players, and it is interesting. It, it but it's almost like a weird like rock paper scissors match where some enemy types are just you handle them better with different characters. So if you're using the wrong character as like your main, you just kind of feel like you're hitting your head up against the wall a little bit, especially whenever it comes like the bigger characters or the bigger enemies. 
So like it's it's very interesting. And like I ran into one enemy that was pissing me off so much. And I think that's why I was like getting kind of over it. But it was uh, in that part where they're trying to right before they destroy the pillar. Right. And like you're running up there and you're just by yourself as cloud at that point because everyone separates and it's the helitroopers. And they're like flying in the mm. air, right? And mm -hmm. Cloud has no range unless it's magic spells, right? And they keep flying away from the pillar and then just running in really quick, hitting me and then bailing again. I'm like, okay, like this sucks. Like I have to just sit there and wait. Like I can't do anything unless I'm just wasting my spells. And I don't want to waste all my MP on one enemy, right? Like, and just go through ethers like crazy too. So it's that I was like, this is kind of a chore right now. And I wish that they put some like bounds on it or you like made it so that Cloud can just throw a sword or something, right? Like, give me something else, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, because it was getting a little refreshing. Luckily, it was a short part, but it was long enough to make me just go like, come on. Like, I literally like it's w two enemies just out there that if they were right in front of me, I'd be done with this fight in like less than a minute. And I'm five minutes in because they just keep running away. I'm like, hey, this sucks. <laughs> so that that's my one thing with it. But it is really fun. It's gorgeous to look at, right? It is fun to see, mm -hmm. like, the voice acting and everything. And uh, the limit breaks are fun if they hit. You do miss a lot, especially with Cloud's limit breaks. Like, I feel like I miss more than I actually hit because you set it off and the enemy can still just, like, walk away from you. And it's like, well, that didn't feel very uh powerful <laughs> right like it, this should be a powerful thing i i do like the summons how they fight with you that's a cool thing and the fact that it doesn't matter who summons them uh anyone who has enough ap can actually use the abilities or activate them which is really cool so I, there's some like really interesting things to this and i i definitely want to continue with it and maybe i just need a little bit of a break and something else to play i don't know but so with seven remake, I I felt like it was a game that I was excited for, played it, kind of got unexcited because of the combat, and then I got kind of into it later on. Um, I will say that that house that you fight, you know, mm. from yeah, that pissed me off so much that I almost put the game down. But when I got <laughs> through it, like yeah, I was mostly switching to tifa the whole time i was looking enough to beat that house first try thank god damn yeah the uh the tifa it's just like it it feels right right like it's just you're good like you don't need like yeah i was using a lot of potions with cloud too and i was like man am i just really bad at this game but no it, like you, if you notice too like if you're not playing as cloud he's just taking hits like crazy like, he is always the first to die in the party, even if you're not playing as him. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> I like that the battle system is an evolution of the turn-based, right? Like, they make it more free, but it's not, like, 16 where it's an action game, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's still trying to keep that turn-based, but create movement. Like, I respect that. But I think just because it was so weird at the time, it, it didn't make sense. I think by the time the Integrate DLC came out, uh, I was more ready for it. 
and I liked it. I don't know if you've played the DLC yet, but no, I haven't. Uh, I I enjoyed that DLC. You know, it, it adds another interesting little story bit to it. You know, and Yuffie's cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I beat that part of seven, I I didn't know how to feel about that game. But as I look back on it, I'm like, you know what? I I, I like it now. Like it's it's different, but I I'm very interested to see where they go with this next part that's mm-hmm. coming out. Because, you know, there's theories that, oh, this is the real world, whereas the seven we played in the past was a dream. Right? So That's it, interesting. Pe- it's interesting. Yeah, people have some interesting theories about this because it is different. You know, you have that Kingdom Hearts looking kind of dude in there and with the robe and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I'm curious where they move that story. But yeah, oh, I'm mean, in on like a Final Fantasy kick too. I'm like, oh, I just need like more. Yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, the franchise is always great to go back to. Yeah. And uh Real quick, two that I'm playing through right now, but I haven't gone super far in them to really talk about them. I'm um, still plugging away at Silent Hill 2, mm-hmm. um, getting past the apartment, so I'm still pretty early. Uh, you know, Obviously, I'm distracted by all the RPGs, but I had the, the scene that a lot of people kind of talk about and warn you about, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was weird, you know, very uh, limmy. The bed or whatever. It was the pyramid head scene. Yeah. And, uh, but the game's cool. You know, I'm still playing that enhanced edition, that mod or whatever for the PC. And it, you know, it makes it play great, looks great. And, uh, I'm really liking it. Like, I really just want to focus on that at some point. Maybe Mm -hmm. once I beat Octopath, I'm just going to plug into it. But, uh, that game's amazing. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to knock out still some of the big titles I missed out on in the past. And Silent Hill 2 is definitely one that I've always wanted to finish uh, ever since it came out. And um, and lastly, Baldur's Gate 3, you know, it's a. It's a beautiful game, I'll put it that way, I'm not I'm not super far in it, I only just picked it up like a day ago, Mm -hmm. but uh I, you know, the ship, the intro part, like it's the, I haven't played too much D&D in my life. I've played a little bit here and there. And to me, this does feel in a lot of ways very similar. I mean, obviously it's not the same thing, right? Like you can't work with the DM to try and make something work. At the end of the day, it still is a game. Right. But the rule sets, everything about it, it it does feel very similar to me from what I played. And this game is so damn cool. I, uh, I'm playing on PC right now, obviously. And then when it comes out on PlayStation, I'm going to pick it up because a buddy wants to play with me. So I was like, okay, like we'll, we'll, we'll do that. And I'll make a totally different character. Like Mm -hmm. right now I'm playing through the kind of character I'll play in that game where I'll be like, a like a forest gnome or a wood gnome uh, mm. so I can talk to animals and I'll be a druid because I figured, oh, how cool would that be? You can talk to animals, you know, you're part of nature. Even though I never play as like 
a gnome or a dwarf or a like a halfling. I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? It'd be kind of fun. Do something different. And I like it. I'm like, okay, I'll stick with that in that playthrough. So now I'm thinking, why don't I just make a dark urge character? Mm. And I had known a little bit about it, but I was like, you know, I'm going to watch a video because people were making a big deal about it. And it it's kind of crazy how your character gets, like from what I've seen of it. Like your character is just chaotic evil. Like he sees dead bodies and he just smiles. Mm. Like it, it <laughs> it's funny in, in like a weird, disturbing way. So, and the story like changes from what I've heard a little bit in a sense. Like there's different, interactions you wouldn't get if you didn't have that but interesting um it seems like people don't really recommend it if you have like a person you're playing with that's not doing that because it does kind of get weird Mm. but yeah i'm excited to go down that path but it's it it really does seem amazing you know like i said earlier like this year for rpgs it's insane Right, like we've had some really good, powerful titles and some good ones coming up, and I don't know. This year has just been amazing for games, and I think for me, like it's probably been the best year for games in years. You know, since maybe pre-pandemic. Like, yeah, last year, you know, Elden Ring was cool, and there was that little blank period because of COVID and stuff, but. For me, like every genre is getting kind of represented this year in a way that I feel like we haven't really seen in a while. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I'm excited. I mean, hell, even like Starfield comes out next month and that looks cool. And then, you know, you have your new Mario game in November, like new Alan Wake in October. Like there's so many good games that are just stacked every month. Like That's basically right. once the end of this month hits it's kind of like non-stop like big known games which is cool and then you factor in little indie games in between that and it's just unstoppable yeah there's so much to play right now it's insane Hmm. god yeah boulders gate uh, definitely on my list to play i'm very excited to pick this one up i want to check this out so bad um, so this is definitely going to be one that we're going to have to play together and figure out mm-hmm. and do all that. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this or saw this, but I think it's hilarious that they actually released a, a letter that you can print out and it's in every language you can possibly think of, but it is a request for special leave because of Baldur's Day. <laughs> and it's, oh my God. it says it's a form that says to be completed by the employee uh, requested dates for special leave. And this is a leave to basically um, take a break from work to play Boulder's Gate. <laughs> it's, it's, That's a good enough reason. It's so funny. And there's a disclaimer at the bottom of this form that says, uh, use of this form and embarking on any quest at, is at your own risk and peril while, extend, while extending you the best wishes for an enjoyable and memorable Boulder's Day celebration, the Larian Studios legal department assumes no liability for what may transpire during your daring exploits. Proceed with valor and caution, which I think is hilarious. So it's basically saying like, <laughs> hey, you know, it's it's written in like old English, like beautiful, you know, like it's so funny. 
And it's basically just saying like, hey, I need to take the day off to play Boulder Gate 3. <laughs> so it's, it's a pretty funny thing to have there. But yeah, no, this is, this is one I'm definitely going to be picking up. And uh, we will be talking about this more on the show for sure. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week as we've talked about a lot of different games here and there's so many out there to play there's so many to explore whether it's big triple a games it's indie titles it's you know there's there's so much there's something for everybody to play right now and it's funny like going back and just playing older games again too like we're tackling backlogs while hanging out or hanging on to like new games and trying to find new hidden gems and everything like it that yeah it's it's a wonderful time to be a gamer <laughs> and to be excited about games because there's just so much out there to play but anyway we'll talk to you guys next week uh with some more games and more discussions about them but until then bye for now <laughs>